0: research because i want to know what i would expect for myself thirdly which is the thing that really gave me a up call which i think is important to share with those of you who are thinking of achieving fire it said this thing where the people who are capable enough to achieve fire at a young age the keyword here is young age means that you're able to financially independent retire early at like 30 plus these are the people who ironically will feel the most miserable when they really fire uh, F-I-R-E, right? Because mm-hmm. why? So you think logic is because if you're capable enough to achieve fire at a young age, it means you probably have...
1: Hello and welcome back to Chill with TFC. My name is Andrew and on the last episode, we had a chat with Max Koh, a speaker and trainer by profession, a retail investor who manages his own money, and you can tell from the conversation that he really loves Taifan, which is economy rise in Singapore. He also became a millionaire at age 29. It's been about three years since achieving that goal and in this episode, let's find out how life after 1 million is like. What do people not know or misunderstand about this journey towards financial freedom? What's his advice to people who want to achieve financial independence like he did? And how is he managing his investment portfolio right now? Stay tuned to find out.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
1: So in your journey to a million, you kind of, you realize you're you missing out on relationships. I missed a lot, man. Yeah. i missed so much. Yeah. You, you mentioned regret, So you're yeah. trying to also try to catch up with friends yeah. right yeah. now. <laughs> be, be, be more, more social, time. make up yeah. for it. Do you, do you think yeah. you need to reach a million to come to this realization?
0: For me, I think, yes. I needed that because due mm. to the nature of my personality, obsessive tracker, I've always been very selfish about my time. Everything is about me, 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 me. I want to, like I, I keep you not like, um, okay, I'm kind of hesitating because I my friends hear this, they're going to A bit more cautious, but okay, heck it, I'll just say it. So it got quite bad to the point when I was out with friends, right? The minute you bring up something that I don't feel like I'm growing or learning, no pressure, by the (laughs) way, if we ever go out, like Mm. you start talking about, like stranger things or like queen's uh, netflix and queen's uh, yeah. gambit or whatever in my mind i'm like okay holy shit like, Of course, i don't say that right? yeah, yeah i am like right. you know of course i don't say it. like yeah do you know the amount of annual reports the amount of books i can read in these two hours that you're telling me about <laughs> stranger things come on get over it like so it, it's that bad it's that calculative yeah. and but i guess when i look back at that journey i guess i needed that because that's what gave me so much time that i really squeezed out every inch dry to build out that skills needed to invest and grow. And that's why I think this path is not for everyone. But now looking back, I realize that's so selfish, that's yeah. so superficial. And mm-hmm. but quite frankly, do I still have these traits? Yes, I have. So please don't be cautious or whatever if you're talking to me and you realize my eyes are drifting. It's just me trying to fight the inner demon. So your question is, do I have them um, looking back, do you think I needed that journey? I, which is the emphasis is on I, needed that journey to hit a million because that's when I realized actually I have more time to allocate now to friends, and I needed that. Yeah, when, when yeah. everything is
1: ROI, right? return on investment, right, of it, your time, right, yeah. I, you fix yourself into a certain framework. I was, I was listening to this podcast, yeah. finance podcast about yeah. investment. So the podcaster was saying that you know, you know, uh, what what is your end goal for earning this amount of money, right? <laughs> what for what, right? Yeah, yeah. So he gave an example of like your wife wants you to buy her handbag, let's say a low yeah. five figures, yeah. Yeah, then you're like, so stingy about it because people who invest, right, mm. treat every dollar, you, you see the multiples yes. of it, it's right? A curse. It's all ROI, right? <laughs> yes, like, yes, I yes. spend one dollar, it means yeah. I can get back how much in the future? you given 10 years. <laughs> Do you feel that way? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's like, then you're missing a point. Like, yeah. if, you know, if you can buy something for a wife, treat her to a nice dinner, and both of you are happy, and that's Spot the on. more important goal, right? Spot yeah. After earning the money. So it's like, okay, if we expand it further, your, your realization was on relationships. You know, and some people say, oh, you know, after you achieve a certain amount of money, then you realize, oh, money is not important. Do you think you need to achieve that goal before you realize that money is not important? My answer is no. Mm. Because I
0: think for me was the million helped me to realize that. But I think for some people, due to, life or bad luck or whatever they realized that due to the passing of a loved one whatsoever yeah. and stuff right so for me i'm not going to go into the same story again it was my grandma passing away yeah. that made me realize that actually uh, life is not all about money i think to condense the story short was that in the greed or the path to achieve wealth i kind of missed the last days that i could have spent in my grandma and she's someone that i hold very close to my heart i think the person that i love most in this world is my grandma even though she's long passed away for a few years and that helped me realize that but perhaps so it was a mixture of my grandma passing and a million that Help me to realize that but to answer your question no you don't need I mean, to realize that yeah. you you can realize that whether it's through a podcast but i guess for human beings because we're always so locked into our own paradigms you always need that just advice from a podcast i don't know whether that's enough sometimes we need that that strong shake up uh, that does a break in challenges everything that you believe whether through a big regret that you can never ever kind of patch up or this passing of a loved one losing something dear to you that makes you realize that so i think everyone's on their journey to discover for me it was
1: ironically through money that made me realize i don't need money (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what's the what's the angle or if the angle is too far away what's Mm. the next thing you're looking at it might not be financial like all your everything about your life like what's, what's the next thing yeah, there isn't
0: any at this point mm. and i, I think I i'll share something so if you would just ask me this question one half years back I'm, i think by now the listeners will know i'm probably an extreme goal getter yeah. i will have answered you very confidently with have a lot of conviction oh that my, next, yeah, <laughs> next, my next end goal is so and, and so forth so of yeah. course i think to be upfront I, I have an end goal of growing it more than seven figures uh, at a certain age mm. but i don't want to openly mention this now because i think goals are fragile at least for me I, i'm not the kind that will publicly declare stuff so that's uh, That's for me to know. But so yes, so my job's not yet done for me from a financial point of view. (laughs) But I think if you ask me specifically, like in the past, I would like, oh, by this age, I want to be, which is my goal back then, by a certain age, I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to speak on stage. I want to have inspired 10,000 people. By this age, I want to be a millionaire. By this age, I want to blah, 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 right? But like, I think the turning point for me came was when I realized that, hey, all these planning and goals, right, it's just gonna make me stuck into a certain way of viewing things. And this there was this book that really changed my life, which I kind of posted on my social media a few days back. It's called Why Greatness Cannot Be Planned. I cannot talk about it enough. I'm like the absolute fanboy of this book. The author mm-hmm. is called Kenneth Stanley. So uh, to just condense the version short, this book, the essence of this book is that a lot of us in life, we think that we got to where we are because of hard work, skills, intelligence, and all that goal setting whatever but actually in truth while those things play a part maybe they only move the needle with that 20 percent. the 80 percent still happens a lot of it because of randomness luck serendipity whatever you want to slot in um, with that so my point is that that book opened up my eyes because it gave the analogy so this guy that wrote the book is a computer scientist he gave the analogy of uh, this maze so just imagine my hands as a maze and then there's two balls the balls are the starting point so the balls are programmed with ai the goal of both balls is to reach the end point. But they have programmed behaviours that's a bit different. Ball A programs, is programmed to reach the end point in as short a time as possible by doing the f- uh, going for the shortest path, which reminds you of us humans. If you mm. want to reach a million, your goal is to always, oh, first get a career that pays me six figures, then learn to invest. It's the shortest path, right? Straight line. Whereas the second ball is programmed to also reach the end point, but it's not to take the shortest path. It's just to try something different that it didn't once try before. So, for example, if let's say the ball moves because the maze is not a straight line, right? It's like, like this, right? So, if the ball does its action, it doesn't reach the end point. The next action it takes cannot be that same action. It has to move either diagonal, horizontal, but something that it didn't pass once do before. And so, based on that, they do like a lot of simulations. Nine times out of 10, in a very high percentage of times, the second ball reached the end goal faster than the first ball, And of course, this is computer AI, you can say. It's not exactly human beings because humans, we are a bit more emotional or very differently. But there's a lot more examples in the book. But that woke me up to the point where a lot of times in life, us trying to reach that goal shouldn't be the end outcome. The end outcome should be, yes, the goal still sets a direction, but you never know how randomness will happen that actually gets you to the end point faster. So that, that second ball actually reached the end point because that first ball, like because you know a maze is zigzag, right? So if you keep taking the shortest path, you will hit the wall. And then what's going to happen? You're still going to hit the wall because you're always trying to take a shorter path. Whereas in reality, you may need to take a step back and take a longer path that could eventually get you there a lot faster, ironically. Mm-hmm. So to answer the question in a very long-winded way, like today, my, myself is, I just want to, like I, I would say, invest a lot more time in people. I would say, do more random things. So I say yes a lot more to friends, family, and then see where life takes me from there, which is, uh, I would say, so I still have a direction, but nothing concrete in terms of age, and anything that, oh, I want to do this 10 million and whatsoever and all that
1: thing. You're not so fixated on the financial number anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're letting surrender pity play out more in your yeah. life by saying yes. Correct. Like, how, what else? What else yeah. do you do to so, let, you know, life take on a more natural course and see whatever happens? Yeah, so I actually just... Actually, saying yes is in itself a very broad uh, answer
0: to a lot of things, right? So, I say yes to more activities because I'm the the most routine, habitual person ever. I never say yes to other things that go beyond my habits, yeah, something right? something random
1: you've done recently?
0: Oh, so like, I think the most recent random, crazy example is I went around Singapore. So, I, I have a very sweet tooth, a bit of weakness myself. So, I kind of one day just ate like... Um, <laughs> It's going to be very embarrassing. The, I don't know. A, ice cream, a cream cheese bun. You know, the raisin uh, uh, cranberry cream cheese bun. Oh, you from wrote an yeah, 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 analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this from, guy from, analytical. Yeah. Cream
1: cheese bun also must analyze yeah.
0: one. <laughs> from, from bread talk or I think some okay. bakery. And I kind of like fell in love with a cream cheese bun because I haven't had it for some time. So I kind of okay. had this addiction or whatever. I suspect I'm secretly pregnant. But like uh, <laughs> sweet tooth, right? So okay. after I had the cream cheese bun, the first cream cheese bun, I thought, wow, this cream cheese bun... <laughs> it sucks. I'm not going to say which bakery, but like, I believe there's going to be better cream cheese buns out there. So from then on for the next like, one or two months, every bakery I go by, even the neighborhood bakery that's like not the branded kind, I will walk in and see whether there's a cream cheese bun and I will buy it. And across like a period of like, I think one month, two months, I ate like, I think more than 15 cream cheese buns across yeah. the island and I kind of found my verdict, which I'm not going to say because um, you'll read my post itself. But like, yeah, so <laughs> those are like random shit. So I guess the, the best phrase to put it is, I'm, I'm letting my curiosities drive me forward rather than just my goals and mm. everything. But to be fair, I'm still working hard. I'm still hustling. I still have a job because I have a financial goal a number that's nowhere near where I want it to be and number two I think the bigger goal from a direction point of view I, I want to be inspiring and speaking because I know that's my bread and butter that's why I'm really good at speaking teaching from stage so I still want to be speaking teaching even when I'm old I want to I want to die a teacher it sounds very morbid mm. but that's what makes me very happy in life I, I think it's super stupid to if like like um, and very unwise if like oh my gravestone shows like hey you know what here died a guy with x million in the bank that's so stupid right I think for me I want to die with my graveyard showing the word like teacher and I think whatever I teach whether it's life skills whether it's personal development whether it's spiritual stuff what have you I just want to use my speaking abilities and my, my gifts I would say I've been blessed with to just teach and inspire more people to just achieve the, the life that they
1: feel find more meaning and fulfillment with you're still working right now right yeah. Yeah. so after your million you took, you took a short break yeah. and then knowing you you yeah. cannot rest yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what kind of work are you doing right now uh, and yeah. you mentioned it's yeah. okay t- t- I see two forces driving yeah. you one is obviously your financial yeah. goals yeah. and yeah. the other aspect of it is because you see yourself as a teacher and yeah. you, that's how you want to contribute right yeah. and you've been doing that before you reach your million yeah I, I've been doing that yeah, so yeah. so how, how has these two goals you know evolved yeah, and change. changed yeah. actually it's still the same I still to answer what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. I'm actually doing a mixture of stuff
0: so I'm I'm still doing my, my previous role of speaking teaching training which is what I love to do so much because It's just the feeling of having someone tell you like, hey, thanks for that one line or that story that you said that changed my life. To me, that's worth more than a million. So money can't Mm. buy that feeling, right? Uh, So I'm also doing like some consulting and some, I would say, coaching for other speakers and trainers and stuff. And then I'm also running a mini investing course purely out of passion. You can see everything goes back to teaching and just helping others and just fulfilling their need to talk, right? And then also doing a lot of reading and and reports and stuff. So I think now that you brought it up, right? So those goals haven't really changed much. I still want to speak. I still want to inspire from stage and I still want to, build my wealth through investing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but I think I think just now you asked something which kind of triggered me right like and it's it like why did I still continue to work even after crossing that middle yeah. like how's life after a million so okay. me being the nerdy person by now it's so obvious right? Um, before I actually hit my middle I actually went online to forums mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of articles to research people who
1: achieved FIRE so uh, I think FIRE audience is definitely very aware yeah. of it right Uh right. Sure. independence yeah. retire yeah. early technically right. you could retire yeah yeah, okay. and so, you don't spend a lot or so yeah, yeah. yeah. so the uh, technically I
0: could right so yeah. the FIRE cross so I to google and i really went down the entire rabbit hole to find out all these people who left jobs from like amazon facebook and these are like tech engineers with like a, a big portion of their stocks in yeah. these companies that they are able to cash out. They're one of like the early employees, right? All of them that went through fire and I see a unanimous answer. Almost everyone found that they lost meaning and purpose, unanimously, everyone. So that gave me a warning sign. Number two, which is something interesting to think about for all of you who are thinking about like, you know, I can just tell my boss to F off and give him the middle finger and throw in the letter and after that, actually it doesn't, it's not so simple, right? In a sense where all of them by the third or fourth month mm no matter how much money they have in the bank, put the purpose aside, uh, everyone start to feel panic. And these are guys who are 10 times richer than me, by the way, 10, 20 times, like have a few million in the bank. Some of them maybe even like nine figures, whatever. They start to feel panic because when they see their net worth going down, even Mm -hmm. though you think logically there's no way you can spend, finish, you can finish spending a hundred million in this lifetime. Unless of course you are like, you know. Uh, (laughs) You could (laughs) lah. Okay, give it to (laughs) me. I'll (laughs) show you how to spend it. (laughs) Right? So like, but, if you're like just a normal lifestyle, and I'm not saying like you scrimp and you save like oh, like normal okay. lifestyle, you can still okay. get by well, right? but all of them face panic. And the conclusion from that was human beings we are wired to need to at least earn some money, even Mm -hmm. if it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because when you see your stockpile declining, you get scared, scared, Uh you have to go and hunt the the mammal for the tiger or the the lamb for food, whatever. So it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that was the second conclusion I came to. So I I went down the rabbit hole to research because I want to know what I would expect for myself. Thirdly, which is the thing that really gave me a wake-up call, which I think is important to share with those of you who are thinking of achieving FIRE. It said this thing where the people who are capable enough to achieve fire at a young age, the keyword is young age, it means that you're able to financially independent, retire early at like 30 plus. These are the people who ironically will feel the most miserable when they really fire. Uh, F-I-R-E, right? Because Mm. why? So you think logic is because if you're capable enough to achieve fire at a young age, it means you probably have a lot of ambition, have a lot of goals and competence. So these inner traits within you after you fire a, it's not going to like, hey, now I'm a millionaire. Boom, suddenly these traits are gone. I'm now a some lazy bum at the beach. Yeah. It's still going to be mm. there, right? So inherently, it makes a lot of sense. Like these traits will still be here. Mm. So the people who are able to fire at a young age, ironically, will not be happy firing at a young age. And I was like, wow, like boom, paradigm shift. And so it's true. Like, so after I achieved that, I realized that, yeah, okay, well, there's a the mental peace of mind. Like I said, it's like sleeping on a very fat pillow. I feel very comfortable. But like, There's still that lack of purpose. I also felt that money dwindling down for the first month and then I just went back to doing everything I could do to kind of like bring it back up. And number three, yeah, I wasn't happy just staying at home and just doing nothing.
1: Uh, And I tried that for a month. So (laughs) you went like to work. Do you think it's tied to your identity? (laughs) Having a career? You know, because if you're just... If you are retired, you, mm. what do you have to base on your True. identity, who you are? Could
0: be, right? Yeah. So now you're back your, to your the position topic in of this labels. society, yeah. right? in the world. It could be, it could be. But I, I think another thing, so I, I wouldn't deny that. I think maybe that played a role. I think another thing is just, I feel that human beings, you're wired to need to feel useful. Mm. So it's like, me drawing a paycheck and me being able to like I start my own investing course I still make money right the money that I make it's not so much for spending purposes though I spend it but it's more from a, like a it tells me what is the usefulness of the or the worth I have in society with the amount of money that I can bring in in terms of a paycheck I don't know whether that makes sense Like, right? it's like mm. it's like a scorecard to see how useful am I worth in society in the sense of the value that I bring to the table that's the money that I make back in return right Yeah. so um, I guess that's why but I'm still going at it And quite I frankly I just feel that um, It's something that is called to my belief So an early mentor of mine When I was very young is a, is a Buddhist master I'm going to use a bit of Chinese here But I'll translate So he said to me That something I still remember Till today he said that um, In life Like um, you Right. So, it's like saying, like, you know, in life, you can be someone with no money, but you cannot be someone with no value to society. And I thought that was so true. Like you can be someone who is poor and everything, but if that person is still contributing, working hard, adding value to the economy, to society, I think that's still a life that's meaningful looking back because life is not just about monetary status, whatever. So, to me, that's what I'm thinking to myself. I'm only 32. If I really go retire now and I go live by the beach and bum around, whatever, what, are you gonna yeah. I'm, what, what am I going to do? Yeah, what am I going to do? That's for a selfish reason. Number two, I think. This is going to sound a, a bit more zoomed out. Mm. I think I'm going to be wasting this life. Mm. Number two, it's like I'm not useful as a person. So I cannot live with that. Because I think 32, going to travel and not doing anything to add value to society is very stupid. And number three, and this is it's going to sound a bit on a moral high horse, but I genuinely believe this. I think I'm able to get to where I am today because of how the society I've been brought up in, which in my case it's Singapore, has offered the opportunities and platforms needed for me to develop this society. Because I think, you know, like this society is developed such that not everyone can excel at this game, but I was able to play their cards in this favor that I'm excelling at this society. So to me, I feel a certain sense of responsibility to still be working to kind of contribute to the economy, whether it's via income, taxes, whatever, it's going to sound really stupid, but in a way to give back to the, to the economy or the platform so that it can continue to develop other people like me or like other people who may not have a chance at life, but the society offers them a playing field, a level playing field to rise up. Mm. So I, like, I feel it a bit of a moral obligation to also continue working so that I can give back the society that brought me up because the people who were lucky enough like me to gain value from this society, I think you need to always give back in some sense to society. And I don't want to say this from a sense that, oh, I'm so noble, whatever. Like this is really the last driving factor. The main two is more like the usefulness Mm. and the boredom part. But I think that's still something that it drops with my beliefs are that the society that brought you up, you need to give back in some way so that the whole circle can continue running.
1: Yeah, now you have yeah. the space to explore how you could contribute back. Yeah, and there's so many stories of people who retired and then went back to work. Yeah. you also mentioned the stockpile. You know, last time I yeah. read, uh, you mentioned the stockpile DunDelian yeah. where there's one mil, ten mil, hundred mil, right? Yeah. And then you read all different, all all people. Everybody have money problems. Problems mm. even the rich. You know, mm. like yeah, what the hell? Like at <laughs> my level, the rich yeah. what problems then? Yeah. But your point is that you know, even yeah. at hundred mil, if you see yeah. your stockpile dwind- dwindling, right? You still feel a bit scared. It's very yeah. primal, yeah. kind of innate yeah. nature. Yeah. So I'm just to share something that you just reminded me. So you know, like there's this is famous quote. I think it was by Jim Carrey. You know, Jim Carrey, like The Mask. Mm. Yeah.
0: Like, right. So uh, when I was younger That's and obviously, you too, right? yeah, 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 Alright, Yes, yeah. man. I, ironically, the yeah, movie, the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, he made this quote that, that um years ago I read when I was still young and broke and poor, which I'm sure a lot of people have. Right. The quote was that I hope that everyone can one day be rich and famous, mm-hmm. so that you realise that it doesn't solve your problems. I'm butchering the quote. I think it's a lot. He said it a lot smoother, like yeah. so. Uh, so you realise that money and fame mm-hmm. will not solve all your problems. And I was younger. I read that quote. I was like, my mind was like, hey, screw you, man. Enough. Like, what the hell? If I'm <laughs> easy rich, for you easy for you okay. to say. Like, if I'm rich, trust me, I will have all the problems solved, solved. man. Trust me on that. Mm-hmm. And then now when you are here, you're like, okay, it's true. Like, I mean, I still go through the stress of all the admin stuff that I need to do, whether it's the house chores, whatever. Like, so being rich even though yeah, you can buy time, you can like buy automation, it's, you still go through the stress that most average people go through, even though you can take away some stress with the money that you can buy uh, whatever stuff with. So I think the essence I forgot if uh, the learning lesson here is that I think money solves all the money problems that you can have and it leaves you with the, all the other problems that money cannot solve.
1: during these yeah. six months markets are down yeah, yeah. Well, are, are the text- markets down really oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because you don't check Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't. It, is, it is. last it time is you check, check once a week now you don't check at all, all right yeah. so of course you're still doing well above a million yeah. Yeah. but like you mentioned when you see your stock pot doing dealing you still feel a bit panicky yeah and all that so how are you manage your managing your portfolio right now yeah so i think i'm once again like in no credit of mine very lucky i've
0: i have like a emergency fund of one year plus i have a good friend that does two years actually it's my my co-partner in the investing course, mm. Thomas. This guy does two years. Which weirdo does two years? But anyway, <laughs> I have like a one-year uh, emergency fund. So thankfully, like, you know, that's a very... Because, you know, the typical is six months, right? But, I'm um, you know, you now knowing my personality. Yeah, it's like buffer. one year. Yeah. So more buffer. So that helps me sleep really well at night. And number two, the good thing is, which is very similar to what I just shared just now. I have active income streams. <laughs> I have active mm. income that I'm still working for. I'm used So every month, I still see a decent fall to five figures of income coming in, that makes me feel like, oh, okay, so like, even if the markets draw down, I don't feel that panic because you can draw down whatever the hell you want as long as Number one, these companies are not like fraudulent companies that will go to mm. zero. They're not like speculative assets, like coins or whatever. It's uh, assets that are producing cash, right? So it's businesses, right? So as long as I know they're going to grow, they can do whatever the hell they want to do in the short term. But in the in the in the short to medium term, uh, in the short to medium term, I have income coming, so I'm able to pay my bills, pay my expenses, feed off myself and my family. Then, uh yeah, so I I don't really feel that much of an influence by emotions or I want to
1: ask about the, the buffer first, the emergency savings, yeah. because I realize it is different for different people. Yeah. So while well, you and Thomas, I mean Thomas yeah. doesn't spend a lot yeah. of So yeah. the emergency savings might be lesser per yeah. month. Yeah. But and when you say two months, then yeah. it could be somebody else's six months. True. So True. it depends yeah. also, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Alright, it depends. It depends. So it how, depends how you how are you
1: defining also. your emergency Savings.
0: uh 12 months worth of expenses on the worst case basis worst case basis uh, worth of worth of monthly expenses okay. on the worst case basis so everything mm-hmm. all in my family's bills my insurance okay. my my what I pay my my, my family my mom my dad uh, my, my income taxes everything in yeah. and yeah. then times twelve. Okay.
1: Okay. So continue yeah. to keep your expenses low yeah. and you still earn an active income. Yeah. So you're not too worried when it's your portfolio dwindling. Right? Yeah. So yeah. so active income is very yeah. important. Yeah. Some people are like, I want to quit and retire, be a full-time investor. Yeah. But that's the risk, right? Because with yeah. no um stable income coming in every month, that, that makes you feel yeah, a bit scared. You might, you might want to sell off, you know. Yeah, exactly right. So oh whoa, holy crap. You
0: reminded me of a point I wanted to make. Sorry you keep interjecting. I just oh, thought right. it was like uh quite useful to share, right? And that is like I think the concept of becoming a millionaire or like multi-millionaire, whatever number, X dollars that is, is way overrated. It's way overblown out of proportion because a lot of people don't factor in. You're just a net worth millionaire, Mm. right? But net worth cannot eat uh. okay. <laughs> you know like oh yeah I see hey seven yeah. figures in the bag. hey yeah. multi-millionaire well, okay yeah so but like the only way to eat it to eat that is to liquidate right yeah. but now when the market is down and me being an investor I know the intrinsic value whatever I'm not gonna sell at these depressed yeah. valuations so, it's painful to liquidate so, yeah exactly yeah. I'm, and it's stupid to liquidate at this point hmm. in time right so my point I wanted to make is I think to kind of give a caveat here I think everyone who wants to achieve a financial goals you need a very healthy mix of active income you need wealth which to me are defined as net worth, right? Wealth, which is like the the net worth amount of a millionaire, whatever. And you need some sources of passive income as well. So I think it's very important to always have a, portfolio that's strong across like um all the different so like for people that are in property whatever in the past I used to be like hey you know all these property investors damn lame lah you know property can't even like you can't, uh, you can't do like a stocks you know you double everything and then like so mm-hmm. illiquid no stocks I like, can liquid but now when I look at it mm-hmm. I realise one thing hey you know what There's, of course then the other, ex- other extreme is the, I'm sure the pro- property investors look at us and like how are you losers look at you guys now my property is still intact it didn't drop by 50% but yeah. you guys <laughs> drop by 50% losers but like so you cannot go so extreme right? but I realise that Everything, you need to have a balance of both. So active income, I've mentioned that. Uh, wealth and net worth is what you can do through stock and investments. But everyone also needs some form of like passive income. And that can be through REITs, can be through properties, can be through businesses, whatever. Or Some of you, maybe you have... Alternative ways of generating passive income from other instruments, but the key thing is because these income streams, hey, they are really what puts food on the table. They are what allows you to pay for your enrichment classes for your for your son or for your daughter, whatever. Like so, like you need a good mix of wealth, active income from your job or by keeping busy and useful, and passive income from other streams. I think this is what allows you to really weather through. Because for the people that I know who are like pure investors are uh, like they just invest invest and they live off their investments uh, quite a number of them are going through stress right now some of them mm. are considering going back to the workforce because true uh, the, the net worth cannot eat <laughs> mm. right cannot eat. and i think if i had that personality to be a full-time investor and like you know oh stop working and i like, screw this right? i think i would be in a very different situation i might not even want to come for this podcast anymore because i can't speak with confidence right
1: what are you doing with your portfolio right now yeah. um are you like waiting dry powder dollar yeah. cost averaging what are you doing Oh, I'm, I'm still buying companies, so uh, I don't really do
0: dollar cost average because for me, I'm I come from the very very investing investing school, so it's very buffered. Like I buy when the intrinsic value is higher than the stock price, or in other words, it's, it's a discount to the intrinsic value. So do you yeah, think the, the, yeah. I mean, there's a discount now, yeah. but has it hit your? You know, do you think yeah. it could go
1: lower? Of course, it could. Right. It was, so so yeah. to
0: share, like like so, what I think most investors now you can relate to this, right? Every month you put in the money, and then like the money just goes lower or it yeah, <laughs> yeah, goes yeah. into the negative. I buy the dip and it yeah, dips yeah, yeah, some yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm out of dip <laughs> right, but which is yeah. very common, right? But So then um, I think a lot of people are talking, oh, so now everyone should, you know, keep dry powder, keep cash, hold your horses and DCA, whatever. And to me, I think, yeah, that works because to me, I really believe in this thing. Investing is more of an emotional activity than an intellectual activity. So any of these, if you are a beginner watching this, I think I'll just give you something, a word of encouragement. Like you don't have to be the smartest analyst in the room. I know many smart analysts, many people who can analyze companies really well, right? But uh, I myself, I, I dare say I'm not the smartest analyst. I know so many investors who can analyse companies 10 times deeper faster better than me but I think I'm still lucky to cross that million because of my emotional ability to control my emotions so my point here is this right because it's an emotional activity if DCA works for you this period DCA Mm -hmm. if holding cash for you works in this period help you sleep better at night Mm -hmm. do that there's no right or wrong answer so for me because the answer now is what am I doing, right? I'm still adding to it as I see discounts come up. And so I add until I got no more money to add because I don't want to touch the, <laughs> the 12 months emergency funds, right? And the reason is because of two things, right? And same thing is I'm going to like drink at the temple of Warren Buffett here right now. I'm just share two things. I think Buffett has saying that if you have a game that you're really good at, which for us is buying stocks at good discount to the value, right? And the game is really good. You don't want to let macro or news or fear of the economy or the interest rates, whatever, affect the way you play the game. You just play the game that you would normally play for and how you play it. And then just along the way, as you play the game along the way, whatever ups and downs, you're still going to win at the game. So you don't want to let that thing affect you because if you let like all these different things affect you, you're going to have to change the game you're playing. But the problem is that the game that you're so good at playing is already proven to work, right? So why are you going to change the game just because of these macro things? So that's one thing I believe. And number two, which is also from Buffett, for a lot of these, so once you get a caveat here, is, this is stocks. For good companies, which is stocks, you can only know the what. You cannot know the when. So what means, if it's a good company, I know that eventually they are going to grow, they are going to hit a certain intrinsic value and my price is going to be a lot higher, maybe five times, ten times, whatever higher than what I paid for today. So you know the what, but you cannot know the when. And that's what Buffett says, right? So yeah, it's the same problem here. When will this whole crappy situation in the market and I don't know, but I'm not here to play the when. I'm here to play the what game. So it's always based on companies, based on the strength of the company and I, and I invest and I want to play the game that I've already been proven to myself that, hey, I can play this game and I'm able to do well with this game. So why change my style? Of course, i will evolve as an investor along the way, to be fair, because you want to always stay humble, but why change the game drastically if it works for me so far?
1: Mm. Yeah. So as you are on this journey to to share your, your millionaire story and how you invest, more people are coming up to you and also you, you teach people. Yeah, yeah, You get exposure to people from different walks of life. Yep. So what would you say? Any last piece of advice to someone who's on this journey towards financial freedom? I think if you have a job and a good career and
0: of course, I was lucky to have a great bosses and mentors who I love to the moon and back who have like given me so much opportunities. So if you have a good career, mentors and a boss, double down on that. You know, a lot of people like to say this quote that... Which I really don't believe. They're like, hey, you know what? Um, Don't work so hard at your job because... When the day you die, you're going to get replaced in just one day. So don't give everything you have to the job. But I think for a lot of people, if financial freedom is your goal and your net worth isn't that high to begin with. The job and the career will make a very big difference in the early days as to how we started this conversation. So if a career and you are a high income earner, double down on that, increase the income because that will really make the second part, which is the investing and the growth and compounding part a lot easier. That's number one. Secondly, I think, which is what I want to share, I think the millionaire journey, it's really a lot of luck and randomness. And it's back to the story of my friend that humbled me with what she said to me. But I think, yeah, it's so true. I think, a lot of people maybe you look at me or you look at other millionaires who are a lot nicer to look at and then you're like oh I want to be like these guys you know there's a formula there's a playbook I think I've came to the realisation which I think we went one big round for one hour and only to pop the bubble there isn't a formula and there's so much luck and randomness like I think the part that humbled me was like, I came across another book mm-hmm. <laughs> called uh, Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Taleb so I'm not going to go into the de- details of the book but the essence is there a lot of things we achieve in life we only see the winners which is called survivorship bias. We don't. See the tons and tons and tons of skeletons in the graveyard. So I asked myself, hey, in an alternate reality, if today I do a Doctor Strange and whatever, multiverse, and I turn back time,
1: yeah.
0: another Max Co in alternate reality, and I repeat the same exact steps I repeat, can I achieve the same things I achieved today? I don't know. Mm. And I don't, I have zero confidence I can do that. Maybe I can achieve 10 times more. Or maybe I, I will end up 10 times lesser or maybe even worse. Because mm. the fact is, I can repeat the same exact steps down to the carbon photocopy actions, right? But I may not come across the same people at that point in time. I may not come across the same opportunities. The world may be a very different place, you know, the butterfly effect, whatever. So my point is there's so much randomness. So I think if being a millionaire is your goal or hitting financial freedom, other than the career part, which I just mentioned, go out there and expose yourself to more randomness. So increase the service error of luck. So a few ways to do that is of course, number one, you can share your ideas online, be a lighthouse to attract people like to similar, like-minded people to you, go out for more networking events, meet more friends, say yes to more things, don't be a loser like me The saints, no to everything. And from there, that opens up the opportunities because how luck happens, it's more of serendipity and randomness. So my point is you can do all the investing things that I say you should do and you might not end up anywhere close because... I I have good fortune and I I've been a receiver of luck uh, a lot of it in this journey. So that's a very sad thing to say. And they are like, "Wow, well, CN!" Like at this point in time, <laughs> I want to learn how to be a minute writing down notes, and then I'm
1: like, "Yeah, I agree. You can follow Warren Buffett's investments, yeah, but you won't achieve the same results. Not just because we have different level of resources, right? But because our context is different. Yeah, Our goals are different, right? His goal investing in Berkshire Hathaway is different from your personal goal of your financial journey. exactly. Yeah, I think there are two things to summarize, like
0: um, widen the service earth for luck in your own life, have more opportunities exposed to you. Because the fact is, if somebody ends up working in a startup that goes IPO, hey, you might go from zero to a hundred million without even needing my formula, right? Mm-hmm. So luck is, I think, is more important and randomness is more important than the formula. And number two, uh, if you have a good career, continue to just double down on it. Because um, I think in the capitalistic world, the capital needed to grow is a lot more important than the vehicle for growth in the early days.
1: All right. Thank you, Max. Thank you for having me. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and I truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconuts. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated, and discussed. Join our community telegram group. Follow us on our socials. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. For more information, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. So, what has been your best and worst investment? It need not be financial. Okay, I like like it that you put the... the It need not be financial. You told me Peloton. ah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? Dude, I was going to say that. (laughs) Okay, okay. Wow, you watch the episodes. I I, I listen and watch all of your episodes, you
1: know. Google Max Yeah. Okay,
0: um, so I think the best investment I made was when I was in my early 20s. I invested four hours of my time to attend this digital marketing workshop where I met my current bosses and mentors, uh, Kelvin and Patricia, who gave me so much opportunities. And I still recall back then I was, because I, I mean, long story short, I started my online business when I was very young in the army because I didn't want to waste my time in army just playing PSPs and PlayStation Portable because back then you couldn't bring a phone. Mm-hmm. And I started my online business and I started attending a lot of courses and seminars. But back then I was only 20 years old, not even legal age, 21 yet, right? So the day before I attended this seminar, I was so nervous because I was like, hey, everyone to the seminar is going to be like, you know, twice my age. You adults, know, they're 30s, 40s. You're yeah. yeah, adults, which is the age I am now. But I'm like only 20s. I felt so scared to go for a seminar. But I was just talking to my mom and she just kind of encouraged me to just go down and check it out. So I went down and I met my current bosses who really gave me Serendipity, that that opportunity to speak on stage allowed me to have a job that pursued my passion. And I think I I owe them so much. And yeah, so that's the best investment of the best four hours I ever made that just opened up the whole new world to building capital, to speaking. And of course, investing came because of that capital base. So that's the best investment I ever made, hands down. Worst. Yeah. Quite frankly, I just keep thinking of Peloton. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah worst investment. Yeah, yeah, because I think financially that's really the worst investment that I I really didn't pace myself. I added too quickly, and yeah, that's really my worst financial
1: investment. Okay, what's one thing that costs you less than a hundred dollars that has been a game changer for you?
0: Well, there are so many things that's less than $100 that have is, been a hundred dollars
1: that has been. Is it a book? Changer. I don't know. a book. You know. Yeah, why? Well, I, 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 I
0: keep thinking of books, eh, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a book recommendations episode because, like, I think we're <laughs> way overrunning. Um, I think less than hundred dollars. Okay, uh, it can
1: be anything, right? Doesn't yeah. have to be. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, it's a foam roller. Okay. <laughs> Where you, stretch out hey, your hey back. you share why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give me some ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I forgot how much it costs at decathlon value, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it relax, relaxes your muscles, you know. Yeah. It's old age man <laughs> <And> swan, uh. <laughs> it was <will> stretch <laughs> you have you have you have young genes, you know you're like the body okay, okay, you know reminding Older, you okay yeah. <laughs>
0: okay um I think for me really the best investment is this book that um I read when I was a lot younger um and all credit once again none to me it's this book called master your Mind design your destiny it's by Adam Ku mm-hmm. and uh, his co author named Stuart Tan. Mm-hmm. And so, reading that book, I read it when I was like 15 years old. It's a book on goal setting. There's this school of psychology called NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming. But the essence of the book taught me one thing that a lot of things that you want to achieve in life, you can make progress towards it if you set or you have proper role models and mentors in your life. And that was the book that really made me want to become a millionaire and just start setting goals like Adam Poo and so So that was really the best investment I ever made that started me on this whole self-help journey and
1: path we've had a few book recommendations in this episode so is there a Mm. place that you would recommend that you think is underrated can be a book a Mm. podcast website you know where are you learning from the financial coconut. <laughs> <laughs> nah, okay. Um, okay. Okay.
0: You yeah. uh, like, can wrap generous, up here yeah. already. Because <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, you want to end strong. end right? really, really. right?
0: yeah. fact. Uh, Reggie, I hope you're listening to this. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, please don't cut that out, editor. <laughs> okay. So um, I think the podcast that has been very, very life-changing for me. Um, okay. In, it doesn't have to be podcast, right? No. So, anything
1: anywhere that you're learning from that you think is underrated.
0: Oh, I know. Okay, guys. Oh, Okay, can I take my answer? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, The, not the, the best anymore. investment <laughs> I ever made, uh, I know already. Okay. YouTube premium. <laughs> yes! I swear to God, thanks for like, going, like making me talk to talk, And I think, yes, 12 bucks, I swear to God, it's the best no investment ads. so far. Okay, no more ads is one thing because for listen me, I it. still like to see ads to know how the marketing world is moving uh, forward, uh, right? But okay, it's more okay. like I can listen to <laughs> hour long two hours long videos like tfc and for me it's business investing self-help whatever speaking sales marketing on my airports, at the gym, everywhere, I can download it onto my phone, the local drive, because so I can listen to it on the plane, whatever, if there's no Wi-Fi. And the amount of growth and lessons I've learned, like I think today people, right, if you're complaining that, that like you have not inv- enough information, you are living under a rock. I think people today fail not because they have they have lack of information, it's because they have too much information. Mm-hmm. So the amount of good podcasts and learnings you can get for free is so amazing. So yes, YouTube Premium, yeah. underrated. <laughs> yeah, yes, that exactly. Answers the question. Twelve bucks, eh? yeah. yeah,
1: there you yeah. go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Are you
0: tweeting nowadays?
1: Are you busy? Because you, you tweet a yeah, lot of yeah, financial stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm, I'm tweeting a lot less because uh, what happens is in the past few months, I, I was running the investing course. And then what happens is I wanted to focus more on increasing the active income mm. so that I have more money to buy stocks. <laughs> so I stopped tweeting. So you can see I'm very practical uh, I stopped doing so often. But I, I only in the last one or two weeks started tweeting back again. But I mean, is there a reason you asked that? Yeah, yeah. this is a place where you do your plug. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> all your for, socials yeah, to follow yeah. you, you know? Thanks a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, most important, first and foremost, please follow T. TFC because they are fantastic hosts and an amazing platform for financial learning. I think I was so impressed that they even had Jameis Lim on the show. Oh, you go, man, Reggie. But um, I think anyway, um, two main places. I think number one is Twitter, HeyMaxCo, which is Hey, uh, H-E-Y, M-A-X-K-O-H, and then Instagram or IG, same handle as well, where I'm a lot more active on IG these days. And in the past, I wasn't that active on IG. Share a quick funny story. There was this friend of mine when I asked him, Hey, do you have like Facebook or Twitter? I'll add you there. And he said, he laughed at me and said, Max, uh, these days are uh, only the boomers use Facebook. Well, then I was so angry. I decided to go back on my IG and revive the account. So yeah, anyway, I'm on IG and Twitter. Hey, Max Co. Cool. Uh, just follow and everything. And of course, more than happy to just uh, catch up and connect online virtually, yeah. whatever.
1: Yep. Follow for investment analysis and cream cheese bun. analysis. Yes, cream cheese And I <laughs> plan to do another one like chocolate eclairs whatever. But hey, yeah, that's a story
0: for another time. <laughs> All right. Thank <laughs> right. you. Thanks, Andrew. Thank, Thank you. you.